Sugarcoated. I'm your host, Adrian Garland, the CEO and founder of She Leads Media. For far too long, women have been conditioned to sugarcoat their words, their actions, and the way they show up in the world, and to conform to certain cultural norms and ideals. This is inherently designed to keep those who are outside of the norm from gaining power, prestige, wealth, and influence, preventing more women from being recognized and respected as the powerful leaders that we truly are. Join me each week as we dive into raw conversations with remarkable, uncompromising, and inspirational women that will encourage you to strip away your sugar coating and move boldly in the direction of your magnificent dreams. Hi, everybody, and welcome to Sugar Coated. I am so excited because I have a very special guest with us here today. Her name is Erica Carrico, and she is a money and marketing coach, but not just any coach. She has been covered in over 50 publications, including Forbes, The New York Times, Yahoo Finance, and she was the International Coach of the Year in 2020. I can't wait to just dive into this conversation and talk about how women that are in the audience of the Sugar Coated Podcast can help get to six and seven figures with hopefully Erica's advice. So welcome to Sugar Coated Erica. Ah, thank you so much for having me. It's an honor to be here. I am so excited to talk to you. I especially love how what you do is you help people kind of align with their purpose so that they can then go on to make those six and seven figures. And, you know, just in today's world, it's almost like we have to make that amount of of money to just even live comfortably. It's not like you know, at that level, it's not, you know, it's not multimillionaires that that we're creating here. It's businesses. We're able to go out to dinner when we want and have a decent car. So I would just love to kind of find out before we really get into the meat of everything. I'd love to find out a little bit more about you and how you got to be who you are and how you sort of discovered this incredible formula for success. Yeah, amazing. Well, I will give you the shortened version, but essentially, I was one of those people that I never knew what I wanted to do with my life. I knew from a really young age that I wanted to help people, I wanted to make a difference in the world, but I didn't know how that was going to look. And so in college, I majored in psychology and I thought, well, maybe I'll be a counselor and maybe I'll be able to work in that kind of a capacity with people. But I knew also I loved to travel. I loved, there were other things that I I didn't, I didn't really want to sit in someone's office and talk about people's problems all day long was kind of what I, Mm. I realized. So long story short, I ended up randomly in corporate recruitment because I thought, well, this is a great, you know, I'll be able to earn a good salary. You know, this is like kind of where the whole societal conditioning comes into play. But I ended up in corporate recruitment thinking this is going to be a good salary. I'm still helping people in a little bit of a way. You know, I'm helping them to find jobs and helping them to change jobs. And that was great until it wasn't. Back in 2009, I found myself in incredible burnout, even though I was working for a international recruitment company living in Sydney, Australia. I was working within financial services, traveling to places like Hong Kong, Singapore, and I was, you know, completely miserable. I felt like I was I, I was waking up every day. I was anxious. I was depressed. I felt like I was earning millions of dollars for a company that had millions of dollars and I felt like my life was totally pointless. And I was like, how mm. did I end up here? What am I doing? Yeah. How did I end up here? 
And I, I worked with a life coach at that time. And I ended up leaving my job completely. And I went and backpacked around the world for a year, Wow! which yeah, I got engaged. And you know, upon returning to Australia, I knew I didn't want to go back to corporate. And I knew I wanted to be a coach at the time. But again, everyone was telling me like, you can't start your own business. You need to get a job. We're getting ready to get married. We're, we're going to be starting a family. What are you thinking? Go, go get a job. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to go do the same thing. And I took out a $60,000 loan to get a master's degree <laughs> to then work in the not-for-profit industry because that felt safer than starting my own business and generating my own money. But <laughs> five years later, I was you know, the executive director of a not-for-profit organization making a difference in the world. So I was living somewhat of a purpose, but I was still building someone else's dream. I was still having to show up at a, at a job, essentially. I was still not sharing my own medicine. I wasn't sharing my own gifts with the world. I was miserable in my marriage. And now, not only was I not earning a corporate salary, I was earning $29,000 a year. And mm. I knew I needed to get out of my marriage at that time as well. And I knew I wouldn't be able to support myself. And honestly, that's when everything came crashing down and I was diagnosed with kidney cancer. Oh my God. Yeah. At the age of 36, I was still breastfeeding my baby. I had a toddler at home. And I knew that if I didn't, if I didn't figure out what it is that I wanted to do and actually take steps towards that, I was literally going to die. My body was like telling me, you cannot live this repressed anymore. You have all of this inside of you to give and you are holding it in. And it was like creating this toxicity in my body. And mm. from that moment forward, I, I dedicated my life to service. And I knew that I was only going to I was going to let go of everything in my life that was no longer aligned and only build it up in a way that was. And so I started my business within a year. I was able to leave my job and I left my marriage. Um, I mean, it's just been this like roller coaster of, of death and rebirth since then. <laughs> oh my, this is great. That, that was actually a little bit of a wrench in the story that I didn't know about. So thank you so much for, for sharing that. And because you know, listen, when anybody is sick, it does make you reassess your life. And it's so interesting just hearing you say like, you know, how did I end up here? And and you also mentioned like, it's our societal conditioning. And it so is, right? Like we are so, I talk about this so much. And it's something that I don't think I recognized until quite recently, but we are so conditioned for like productivity. Yeah. We're not machines. Yeah. You know, we're human beings. You were talking about, you know, you were interested in this and passionate about that. And why, when we're kind of coming up through the educational system, don't our educators see that those gifts in us and say, pursue that? Like, we have to make money. Mm -hmm. to, we do to mm -hmm. live. Okay. But we can't go all the way on the, the side of the scale where it's all about making money. And of course, you're not the first person. And I, I am the same as you. It's like, you know, you get to a certain place that you think that you wanted to be. And then you look around and you're like, how did I get here? I don't want to be here. How do I get out? Mm -hmm. Because it's very difficult to unwind everything that you've wound yourself up into. Yeah, completely. Yeah. But we all do it. I, it's like, yeah. we, we all do it. Our society tells us to go to college and get a job and save for retirement. And it's like, that is such a false sense of security, but we all do it. And I think in midlife, we have some kind of a wake up, an illness, a burnout, depression, 
fatigue, autoimmune disease, divorce. And we're like, okay, I am not doing life this way anymore. But then, you know, what's next? (laughs) We don't know. And we, we, we are not taught to think in alternatives. So when we get there, we feel very scared because we, we don't know what that looks like. Yeah. And so we have to bring that, what that looks like way back early into our whole educational system so that people realize that there is not just one path to success and it still persists. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I actually teach at NYU, graduate and under, undergraduate, and I teach entrepreneurship. So I, I, I teach about looking at things from a different point of view and, and all of that amazing stuff that entrepreneurship is. And yet, even the students that choose to take my class still say, well, I want to get a job first so that I can learn and be financially stable and then I'll launch my business. And I'm like, oh, like you've got it wrong, but I understand why they're saying it. Yeah, yeah, because that's what we're taught. I just did an interview and it just printed and I, I talked about the exact, like the two things that, I think would really change our world if they were taught in our education system. And it's one, how to create money for yourselves and not rely on someone to give you a paycheck. And two, that the combination of the perfect business to start is what you're naturally good at combined with what you really love to do. And I think if we all just knew those three things very early on, and that was ingrained in us, so many people would be out there changing lives as opposed to slaving away in some career that they're miserable in because they felt that, you know, their parents wanted them to go in that field or whatever it might have been. Yeah. And I I do think that with the parents wanting sort of that stability for their children, it's not a bad thing, right? No. It's like they they think that that's like the way because that's what they yes. were taught. And so it just continues and nothing disrupts it yeah. because it is scary. And I think also, especially as as women, just because that's, you know, who this audience is and who's listening in. I'm sure many men listen in too. Hey guys. Hello. (laughs) But I think as women too, we are taught to kind of like go to daddy and ask for money, right? Like dad, can I have, instead of like, dad, I'm making, like watch me now. Yes. Daddy-o. Totally. That was, and that's actually a huge part of my story that we may or, you know, may not have time to get into, but I was literally waiting for my husband to create wealth. And I was like, you know, we had been married for five years and I'm like, you know, why are you not creating? Why do we not, why are you not creating money? Why are you not trying to climb the ladder? Why are you not? I remember buying him books to read on investing. And it was like, (laughs) what? Something happened when I, I when I was diagnosed. It was like, wow, I have been pushing this man to do something that he has no desire, interest, skill set, capacity to do. Why can I not just go out and do this myself? And I, yeah. once that shifted in me, I mean, now I have a multi million dollar company, and it's my life is completely different. But I had, I literally had that exact mentality. It was like I was helping my husband or trying to get him to create the wealth in our lives rather than thinking that I could do it myself. Yeah. But again, like it just goes back to society because we we 
don't necessarily think that that is part of our possibility yeah. set. Yeah. But once once we do something and we get evidence that, wait a minute, I can do this for myself, then everything can just open up. So maybe this is a great point to move into that. So how did you how did you achieve this multi-million dollar business? What are some of the things that you you did? And of course we want to hear your story, but we also want to hear, you know, how can your story help us to make the decisions and the choices that we need to make in our own businesses so we can get there too. Because that's that's part of this, right? And that's something else. It's not just one woman has multi-million dollar success. Things are not going to change until all of us yep. at least know that we can get there. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think first and foremost, it was I burnt all bridges behind me. There is no other. Mm. Burn all bridges behind you. Jump, the net will appear. And three, treat your business like a business from the start. Do not treat it like a hobby or a side hustle. And Mm. I think that'll put you in the right mindset straight out the gate. Mm. Oh, but give us more. (laughs) (laughs) Give us more. That's good. (laughs) But keep giving us more. So, So, and what does that mean? So what does that mean? So first of all, I think, you know, when we're in the mindset of there, there is no other option for me. For me, it was like, I knew my business was going to be the vehicle. I knew this is what I needed to do. I knew this was going to be the vehicle that I was going to use to create transformation and impact for the rest of my life. However, that, you know, and Mm. I had cancer at the time. So I didn't know if it was going to be one years, three years, 10 years, but I knew that I had to go all in. And so once I, I got my business to, where I was earning, I think it was like, honestly, it was like $5,000 a month. I knew that I could quit my job. And so I did. I quit mm-hmm. my job. And then that allowed me to obviously put more time into building my business. From that point, just started. I mean, it was kind of off from there. And we can go into some of the strategies that I teach if you want to. But I think what it also means is you treat it from a, as a business from the start in that I always had I had a professional website. I hired a virtual assistant almost right away so that they could do all the things that I knew were just going to waste my time, things I wasn't good at, things I didn't know how to do, things I didn't want to do. And that really freed me up to focus on doing the things that I really loved, which was connecting with clients, creating clients, and getting out there and learning how to build a business. I love that. And and I think that part of that is recognizing that you need to take care of yourself, right? So I think it's especially apparent when you are diagnosed with something like cancer that that's paramount. You, mm-hmm. you must take care of yourself. So get help. Mm-hmm. And I think that when we hear about bootstrapping your business, Right. And like the grind and do it all and, and all of that. It's such a terrible message because it, it leads to burnout. And if we're, if we do want to, I love how you said that you use the business as your vehicle to, you know, create. If, if we are going to leverage our business as the vehicle, we need to, to do everything right and to set everything up right and, and to get help. I mean, I think, yeah. It, yeah. And give ourselves permission. It doesn't mean starving. It doesn't mean doing everything yourself. It doesn't mean burning out. It means being smart about what you're doing. Okay, maybe you're not going to go rent some huge office on the beach, although that would be amazing. <laughs> <laughs> but 
hiring someone to help you do the things that you need to do in order to, to get the business going is a strategic move. And we don't give ourselves permission to get help. Yeah. We don't. Yeah. I would have never, ever been able to get to where I am now had I not had the mindset of who, not how. So it was always yeah. who can help me do this, not how can I do this. I think the other one was, you know, rather than sitting behind my computer and working on things like tweaking websites and posting on social media, um, I really took the bull by the horns and got myself out there in different ways than a lot of other people are doing. Mm. And I think the other thing too is have a mentor, you know, like successful people don't reinvent the wheel. Like I have been around and worked with and have peers and colleagues and I I watch them and every single one of them, they don't reinvent the wheel. They work with somebody who has achieved essentially what they want to achieve and they apply that system or parts of that system into their own business. And that's pretty much exactly Mm -hmm. what I've done as well. So hire a mentor, whether it's you, it's me, it's someone else. Don't try and do it on your own. I just, I would have Mm -hmm. wasted years and years and years had I done that. I love that. This is such incredible advice. And, uh, you know, the who, not how. I literally yes. just finished reading or listening to that Audible audiobook. So I'll put that in the show notes, too, because it is a, it is a radical shift in thinking. Who can I hire, find, whatever to help me? Not how do I get this done? Yes. It's it's transformational. I actually have, in all of this entrepreneurship, you know, reading that I've done and everything, I, I hadn't heard of that concept. And it's not easy to necessarily apply because you you have to go out there and do that and constantly be building relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, but another thing that is really interesting to me, especially because I, I truly believe that women don't get the attention in the media that, and I say we deserve, and I know sometimes that word can be loaded like, oh, you don't deserve anything. But <laughs> I do think that women deserve more attention that we get than we get because we have incredible ideas. We know how to build society. Yeah. Oh man. Yes. We just know how to build society. (laughs) Yeah. So, and it's gone awry. So at She Leads Media, one of the things that we talk about all the time is like, how do you, how do you get the attention that we deserve? And one of the things that you just said, how do I get myself out there? People say that to me all the time. How do I get myself out there? Well, what does that mean? So when you say that you were able to leverage some of these other media platforms to get yourself out there, we're not talking about social media, right? Can you talk a little bit about how you leveraged media in general to get this incredible attention? Yeah, completely. Yeah, I would love to. This is exactly what I teach in my program because when I was starting out, I had this intuit, I had this intuition. I was watching, you know, I, I graduated with like 75 other people who wanted to be life coaches and I watched their approach and they all jumped on social media and immediately started posting. And it was like, wow, okay, there's all these people posting, they're getting no attention. They're posting amongst the other thousands of people that are trying to do the same thing. And I just remember thinking, I'm going to have to do something different. So one, mm. how can I how can I get myself out there in a different way? And two, how can I increase my credibility so that I'm standing out amongst all of these other people that are out here trying to do what I'm trying to do? Um, and I was not business coaching at the time. I, I started out as a, a career coach. It was kind of a natural transition for me to move from corporate recruitment you know, into career coaching. But what I learned over the years was that 
by, I call it external marketing. So their internal marketing is really designed to keep in touch with and build relationships with your existing followers, community, your audience. So social media is a form of internal marketing. You're creating content and value and making offers to people who are already in your your space, right? But you're not necessarily getting in front of anyone new. So if you're... Unless you're running paid advertising on social media, which I don't recommend until you already have consistent and predictable cash flow coming in your business, but you're just sitting there on the hamster wheel, posting, 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 hoping someone might happen to see your post. They might happen to resonate with it. And 9 times out of 10, you know, the majority of the people that are already following you aren't your ideal clients anyway, or they've already bought. And so you're just sitting there posting all of this amazing content to the wrong people and not having Mm. any way of finding new people. So what I teach in my program is called external marketing. And that's any kind of tactic that's going to get you in front of new eyes, new audience, new leads every single month. So that when you are making offers, you're making offers to new people, not the same people over and over and over again. External marketing, getting published in the media, getting onto people's podcasts, speaking engagements, holding workshops in front of, you know, in conjunction with other organizations. And the media is one of my favorites. And I've really leveraged this. And it was kind of by accident that I fell upon it. But I remember I I read a lot of um, different blog, personal development blogs. And I remember thinking, gosh, I really want to be one of these writers. And I I submitted an article. It got published. And I had like 5 new clients signed from that one article. And I wow. built my list by like 250 people just by one article. And I, I was like, okay, well, that must have been a fluke. And so I did it again and again and again. And I built my business to multiple six figures within two years because essentially of getting published in the media. So it gets you in front of other people. But also what it does is it builds your credibility because now all of a sudden, you can share on your social media as seen in. You know, I've been seen here. I've been seen there. And now, you know, now I've been seen in Forbes. I've been seen in New York Times. And those were, those publications reached out to me. I didn't reach out to them, but it's because I had been in so many other like lower tier publications that I've just become more well known. They saw me. They found, they found my business. They were interested in my strategy and they said, Hey, would you be able to come and do an interview with us? And the media has just been an incredible way to get your name out there and to also just really boost your credibility amongst the thousands of people that are your competition. I love this. Uh, Every year at the She Leads Live conference, we do a panel called Pitch the Media. Mm -hmm. And we have journalists from all different types of publications that, you know, sit on the panel and we have audience members come up and actually pitch the media so that they can get feedback on, you know, how to refine their message so that the media is interested in what they have to say. And, you know, everybody gets really wide-eyed when it's, you know, Wall Street Journal and on entrepreneur and Forbes. But I think that there's also power in what you just said about getting a lot of attention at the local level, maybe smaller publications. And that oftentimes gets overlooked because everybody wants to be covered in the New York Times. Yeah, which didn't happen to me until my, I think it was year four, year five, maybe. Mm. And I had been in probably 50 other publications that led up to that. And I always have people start local, start small. And honestly, the local publications, now I still make sure that I'm featured in because those lead to speaking engagements. They lead to requests for you to come and hold a workshop at their facility or their space or in front of their group. So local publications, I actually find sometimes get me more business than some of the bigger ones do, interestingly enough. 
See, this is great. This is gold. And I, I think that women definitely need to employ this type of a strategy. But you might even know what I'm going to say next. What gets in their way? <laughs> what I see the most is fear of yep. and imposter syndrome. Who am I to yep. get published in these? They'll never want to hear from me. They'll, you know, it's like this, yeah, very much imposter syndrome. And then I think a fear of I don't know how to do that. When in actuality, it's like, well, let's just break that down. It's so simple. And I can teach you that in three steps. But I think, yeah, it's one, the fear and two, the imposter syndrome. Yeah. And sort of when reaching out to these publications, do you feel like you need to have some like crazy unique angle, right? So there there are many people that do similar things, mm-hmm. right? And Media publications are always looking for a, a new angle. They're always looking for a different perspective. Can you give some tips? Like, let's say someone doesn't really know what their exact secret sauce is, but, you know, they have like a pretty good business. They have some clients. How would you suggest that they reach out to a publication and position themselves so that it captivates the attention of the journalist? Yeah, well, I think... Well, ultimately what they want, you know, is, and I pitched myself to a ton of different places over the years. Now they're more, they come to me. So there is that shift that happens. But what I always found worked for me was they want some kind of a lesson or they want a story and then they want teachings. And so I always Mm. found like my very first article that I got published was six lessons I learned abroad. It had nothing really to do with my business, but it's still, you know, it got published. It got me a lot of attention. It built my list. And um, I still get clients from that article today. But it's how can you take a little element of your story or maybe something that an obstacle that you've worked through? It doesn't need to be about your strategy and your business per se, but how did you overcome fear to create X? Or how did you you know, how did you heal yourself from cancer naturally so you could do X or it can be something small. So they really just want a little story, an obstacle that you overcame, and then like pointers. So what are four ways or five ways that, you know, you can teach someone else to kind of move through this experience? Yeah, I love that. And I I think that getting over imposter syndrome with the recognition that these media outlets, they are looking for content. They're, they're content machines and, yes. and, you know, monsters, right? And if they, they actually don't have anything to publish, they're in a really bad spot. So they're always on the lookout, despite, I think, what we have in our heads sometimes, like, well, why would they want to talk to me? And I, and I do think that that actually is a great question to ask. Well, why would they want to talk to you? Like, give me some really interesting, you know, angles around your story. And I, I do, I really love the idea of, we get all up in our heads and sometimes we can't see what the unique angle is. So I do think that it's important to work, you know, whatever that means, work with somebody, right? Even if it's like somebody that you respect that is a thought partner, you can talk through these things, you know, without paying a dime, right? Mm-hmm. Get yeah. get a friend that you, you think is smart and that is savvy, and, you know, kind of talk to the person and see, see what emerges. And that's, that's a way to really start brainstorming. And then the other thing, too, I think is, you know, take a look at your different local publications. What are they writing about? 
right? Like look at the pattern of their story. Just like you kind of gave us an outline for like, what's the obstacle? Here are the lessons in it. Look at your local publications and see, do they write stories like that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if they do, great. <laughs> they do great. And even I've had two recent students One, she reached out to Good Morning Texas because she saw them do a segment on stressed out moms. And she happens to be a coach for stressed out moms. And she wrote in response, they brought her on the show and she ended up landing a regular segment on Good Morning Texas. Um, And another crazy. Yeah. Another client of mine um, is a breakup coach and she landed a spot on a local radio station, like recurring as well, because she heard them talk about breakups. And she reached out and said, Hey, this is what I coach people on. And they were like, great, let's have you on. We love you. Will you do this regularly? So I think that you just never know. It's so amazing. And I'm sure that when people choose to work with you, you help them to sort of uncover these opportunities or at least figure out how to spot these opportunities and get over the fear or even (laughs) be afraid. Like I love one of my really dear friends is a a therapist. She has a thriving um, practice. And I will never forget, she said to me, like I, you know, I would say to her, oh, I'm afraid. And she's like, whatever. Like, be afraid, but do it anyway. Yep. Yep. Gosh, I'd never heard that before in my whole life. Right? Yeah. So I always say fear is always going to be there. Let it sit in the passenger seat, just not the driver's seat. Ah, oh, I love that so much. Right. It's there. Like, acknowledge it. Don't try to don't try to push it out the window. Because yep. <laughs> <laughs> cause you're going to be struggling so much to try and push it out the window that it takes you away from the business at hand. Yeah. And I think it's actually a really awesome indicator too of that we're doing something of importance and we're following our dreams. And also we're stretching ourselves and we're constantly growing. If there's a day where I don't feel fear, something feels off for me. Like I do something that uh, that scares me in my business almost every day. Um, mm. And I think that's that's how we grow also and how we evolve. Yeah. And I, th- I think what you said too, to kind of, you know, put a bow on it, if you do think of your business as a business and you're making business decisions, it gives you a little bit of a separation between me as, you know, the the CEO, the business owner and what my personal fears are. And maybe I could do it for the greater good of the business mm-hmm. and for maybe some of the people that I have hired to help me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Yeah. It gives you a little bit more confidence. Yep, absolutely. Your business will only grow, you know, to the extent that you're willing to grow yourself. Oh my gosh, I love that. Erica, this is so amazing. How can people get in touch with you, work with you, all the things? Oh, thank you. Well, I, we're pretty active on Instagram. Um, we're on YouTube as well. My website is ericacarico.com. And I have, I think my main program is called Soul Business Accelerator. And it's essentially your roadmap to six figures. So it takes new entrepreneurs from wherever they're starting, zero, maybe they're earning 2000 a month, whatever, to a six-figure business. And then after that, we can help you scale. That's amazing. Yeah. Because there, you know, there's a lot of women that I know that are in the, you know, $2,000 to $5,000 a month, mm-hmm. and it's not always consistent. And they might not have just started the business, right? They might might have been going at this pace for a couple of years. Is is this accelerator program for them too? Yes. Or is that okay? Great. <laughs> no, absolutely. Okay. Yeah. I think until you have consistent, predictable, sustainable income, you're just you're not you're still not in you don't, you know, technically don't have a business. And I think 
That's so hard on our nervous system. That's just not a place that we can live for very long. So yes, we help you get to where you have consistent, predictable income, eight to $10,000 a month from Soul Business Accelerator is our goal for everyone who comes into that program. Amazing. And this is for coaches, consultants. Is it is it for other service-based businesses, yep. product businesses? Anyone okay. who has a service-based business is who it's for. Not so much product, but service for sure. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Erica. This has, it's been so lovely speaking with you. And for all of those who don't get a chance to see, Erica has on probably the most beautiful earrings that I've ever (laughs) seen in my life. And I'm going to go out and get them. They're just so amazing. And I just really appreciate you spending the time with me here today and with the Sugar Coated audience. And I'm sure that you're going to get a couple of people reaching out to you from this podcast episode. Thank you so much for having me. Such an honor. The She Leads Podcast Network.